Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Well, it's limbo week. It's taking forever for Arkansas to get to game week. We've got, what, like nine days left until Arkansas takes on the Western Carolina Catamounts in Little Rock. And so we're kind of rehashing a lot of stuff. I mean, there's some new stuff here and there, but we're rehashing a lot. We're going to jump on with Danny West today, talk a little recruiting, and we're going to take your questions as well. All that and more on today's episode of Arkansas Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to those channels. Hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Most of the people who watch our videos aren't even subscribed to the YouTube channel. So throw us a thumbs up or a like, both of those platforms. Go ahead and throw us a thumbs up here if you're watching on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, throw us a thumbs up or a like or whatever they call it. And share the content with other people if you think they might like it. As I always say, your pappy doesn't have internet. He doesn't know about it. Show, give him your phone. Let him watch the show. He's a big Razorback fan. He wants to see it. All right. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star review, we're getting close to 1,000 reviews now. So would love to have that from you if you could take a moment and throw us that five-star review. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. We are there at Hog Sports. So Limbo Week. Limbo Week is... Uh, let me get rid of this. Y'all got y'all want to watch some highlights real quick? Put up about three minutes of highlights from yesterday's practice. It was inside the Walker Pavilion. Still not air conditioned. Still not air conditioned. This was supposed to be uh, AC'd August 5th, and they're still having issues with it. So, uh, you know, I know the other day they, like, kept all the doors closed. It was, like, over 100 degrees the other day. They kept all the doors closed. Had the fans running. It was actually pretty cool in there, but obviously not as cool as it would be if they had the AC working. And, man, they need it this week. So maybe it'll be ready today. I don't know. But it's been – I mean, it's been around 100 degrees every day. So uh, so certainly need that. Uh, the AC, from what I'm told, it'll get it to about 78 degrees. So not ultra cool or anything, but certainly a lot cooler than it's been outside. So that uh, – you know, it, things have changed over the years. It's now more about – keeping these guys fresh and healthy. This isn't a week where you want to just wear them out completely, put them out in 100-degree temperatures. It's where you want to get their legs back, you know. Uh, so today at practice, they got practice around 4.30 today. 
they should break off into like a scout team today. If they don't do it today, then definitely tomorrow. But I'm pretty sure they're going to do that today. So you're going to see a lot of players working scout team. It's not so much working on yourselves, getting yourself better, uh, obviously for the the current players. But the shift folk, the focus shifts to preparing for Western Carolina, preparing for a game week. This is kind of a rehearsal week. I've heard a lot of people say. Why do you want to waste a lot of time on Western Carolina? You know, why why not try to get some extra work in on LSU or something like that? Well, first of all, you don't want to get caught. You don't want you you know, this is week 1 here. You want to put you want to set the standard this week. And also with today being Wednesday, it should be like a Monday practice, okay? Thursday, Tuesday practice, Friday, Wednesday practice. You get the idea. Those are the three, you know, kind of grind days of practice. And so, they'll be able to do a rehearsal of sorts for these first three uh, days of next week. And then when they jump in on Monday with a Monday practice, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday practice, that format, they'll have already done it. Now I would expect them to hold a mock game on Saturday also, not a scrimmage, but just kind of going over every situation, practicing running through the A. You know, what happens if this situation happens, going over different scenarios on special teams, all those kinds of rehearsal weeks. So maybe rehearsal week is a better term for it than limbo week. I always just kind of call it limbo week because, man, it just seems to drag on forever. It almost feels like it's going backwards. We need a game. We've 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 covered every single thing that's possible about this team, every position group. We've probably written two articles <laughs> just in fall camp. I mean, what today's like day 19, or I guess they completed 19 days. Is it day, day 20? I think it's day 19 yesterday, so they would have gone through 16 practices in 19 days so far. It's kind of flown by, to be honest. I mean, I always say it drags on forever, but it's it's flown on a little bit, uh, uh, you know. So not not too bad, not too bad overall. I mean, it's it's better when you feel like they got a good team, and I do. I feel like they've got a good team. I was uh, actually hitting some people up you know, who I thought may be looking at multiple teams and stuff, you know, national riders and stuff. And people are kind of jumping into that. But I just wanted to get a feel like, does everybody, how does everybody feel about, you know, all the teams that they see? I'd love to, what I would love to do sometime, I I don't even know if this is feasible, but like to watch Arkansas through several practices, then go watch somebody else and just see how the team looks. Because as I've said before, you know, you take this team and you throw them back to – four years ago and let them play, you know, Arkansas schedule. There's a lot of teams out there that wouldn't like the results. It's just they're different rosters now. They're different They're different rosters than they were just even four years ago. You know, unless you're LSU from 2019 or Georgia or Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, some of those schools, you know, Alabama, you know, that already have depth that they just build up naturally through the program because they're one of the elites, then they're probably – you know, competing and stuff like that. But, guys, I think most teams out there across the country, you take this Arkansas team and put them four years ago, those programs aren't going to like the results. Now, what's different is this year, as I've said before, you know, we're in repeat mode, so I'm repeating myself on some things. You know, teams are just built differently. Everybody else is able to go into the transfer portal and and bring out quality players. Did they assemble the defensive line that Arkansas has? I think it's a team strength. You know, I think linebackers – should be pretty good. It's hard to, you know, replace a Drew Sanders uh, bumper pool. But I feel like they've got good numbers there at linebacker. Uh, I feel like they should be able to, you know, it's not going to be those week where, you know, Grant Morgan's out there playing with the bionic elbow thing and, you know, bumper pool can barely walk and, you know, 
Hayden Henry, shoulders are killing him. I feel like they should be able to rotate a little bit more freely there. Now, you've got some guys here and there that are banged up and injured, some guys on the sideline, uh, but um, they should. I don't think that there's anything long-term that's that's going on right now. Uh, maybe there might be a guy here and there, but as far as like starters, I don't think that they're going to have anybody that's going to miss – I could see them maybe holding a guy out here or there for Western Carolina, but I don't think there's anything that's that's long-term. So, overall, came out of the last scrimmage pretty healthy. I like the looks of the team. I mean, I just I, – I, you know, I talk to other people. It's like, you, you feeling this way about this team like I am? And, you know, when I say that, there's people that are like, oh, buy into the hype. And I'm talking like eight wins, you know. It's hard for me to say this team could be a 10-win team. because I, Not that I don't think that they could do it. It's just that, like, I look at them and I say, you know, they should be at least an average SEC team, but, you know, need some bounces probably to get to 10 wins. And I think most teams do at, you know, an elite level, like, you know, Alabama, like you would predict Alabama to win 10 games. Now, can they get to 12? Well, if they get some bounces here and there. Everybody needs it, even Alabama. For Arkansas, you know, I think maybe the number is eight. Can they get to 10? They get some bounces. They get some luck. And what is luck? Luck is injuries. Luck is what luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity, as the quote goes. But, you know, luck is injuries. It's uh, you know, safety is probably to me the position where I'd say they can't afford to really have a lot of injuries. You know, they need to stay healthy there. But safety is also the position that is most likely to be hit with a targeting penalty. You know, you lose a guy. And then it's like not just like how good is your second team, it's how good is your third team. Because your third team guy is now your second team guy. And your second team guys are going to play. they got to come in for relief some. You know, you're not, you don't want to ideally play your entire secondary every snap. You want to play them, you know, like, what, 80% of the snaps? 70% for linebackers? 60% for defensive line? That's kind of how I've always looked at the formula, how you want to rotate things around. So – you know, that, that could, I'll tell you what would help them a lot if Jaden Johnson was coming off, like, play like he – play like we thought he was going to be coming off his freshman year and not his sophomore year. If Malik Chavis plays like a guy who can out-jump and out-run everybody on the team. People don't know this, but Malik Chavis is like 22.35, something like that, speed. I mean, he's faster than everybody on the team, and he can jump higher. I saw him jump yesterday, high-pointed ball, and I, I kind of caught it like the side of my eye, and I was like, whoa. But he's got a 40-inch vertical, you know, and he can, he can outrun everybody on the team. He needs to be able to take the driving range to the course. Take the driving range to the course for Malik Chavis. Can he do that? If he can do that, if Jaden Johnson can step up, and Jaden's been running with the ones the last couple of practices over Hudson Clark. He intercepted K.J. Jefferson yesterday in, in fastball, which is 11-on-11, 11 11. and they were in full pads. Now, it may have been kind of a busted play, but he intercepted him. If those two guys can step up and get support, support for Al Walcott and Hudson Clark and challenge Hudson also, then you feel a little bit better about the safety spot. But based on what we saw last year, you know, Chavis has been inconsistent. He, he's been, you know, kind of prone to injury. And Jaden Johnson just did not play very well last year for whatever reason, attitude, who knows, just did not play very well. Um, so 
I mean, I'll be honest. I thought after what was it, Missouri or Kansas, I thought it was just a matter of time before Jaden Johnson hit the portal. We had a story ready to go. That's me being perfectly honest. Uh, he's looked better. He's looked better in camp. So uh, maybe whatever happened has gotten fixed with him. Because after freshman year, I mean, I remember talking like, man, Pooh Paul, Jaden Johnson, Cam Ball, those are the three guys they got out of Georgia. Remember how they all contributed as freshmen? I was like, man. Go get some more Georgia guys. And Paul and Ball both progressed, but I felt like Jaden took a step back. So, man, if those two guys could really step up for him, that would be that would be big for him. Considering, I think that safety's probably been a spot. You know, Sam Pittman said yesterday at the uh, Little Rock Touchdown Club that they're a little thinner on the offensive line, but he feels like they've got eight guys that can – and I don't know if he misspoke or something they can win the, they can win the SEC with. That's what he said. This coaching staff, there's no doubt about it, this coaching staff feels good about the team. They feel like they got a really good squad. Now, it's going to come down to management, coaching. You know, so many times last year, we can talk all we want about losing four games by nine total points. It's interesting to hear people say, well, they sucked last year. Well, they didn't suck. They just weren't they just weren't a real good team. But they also lost four games by nine points. Why did they do that? Sometimes not just letting Cam Cam Little kick it. There's I mean, there's so many times that I said last year and the year before, I feel like I've been saying this more and more as everybody dives into analytics, the analytics say do this and that. I don't know that analytics totally account for momentum swings that can happen when you get down into opponent's red zone. You decide to go for it for fourth and one, you come away with no points. And that happened to Arkansas too much last year. So, sometimes just let Cam Little kick it. Take your three points. Sometimes if you let Cam Little kick it last year, all those games you lost by two and three points, maybe they come out a little bit differently. Obviously not Texas A&M because that went off the top of the upright. But, again, that goes back to a goal line issue. That was kind of a different goal line issue where, you know, KJ just made a mistake, just didn't make a good decision trying to dive from 12 feet out like Superman. And, you know, KJ does some things to where you're like, okay, that's why he thought he could do that. <laughs> you know, breaking tackles and stuff like that. I lift weights. Uh, it's not surprising that KJ thinks that he can jump from 12 feet out and dive into the end zone against Texas A&M. But those are the things that cost Arkansas games last year. I think that there was a vein of internal problems with certain players, and a lot of those guys aren't here. In fact, I would say all of those guys all of those guys aren't here. Now, not everybody who left was a problem. That's not what I mean. But the guys who were a problem last year, they're not with this team right now. Um, and that, I think there was a problem. And I think that there was, you know, maybe some issues, you know, not just with players also. And I think that they have definitely corrected that. I know they've corrected it on defense. I don't know how big a issue it was on offense, but I know on defense there were some issues with them. And it showed up. You're dead last. Pittman had a great quote talking about, uh, bringing in Marcus Woodson and, you know, having to go in and get some more money to bring him in. I think he's pulling in $700,000 a year. But he said, you know, last year – I think they finished fourth nationally, but he said seventh. Last year, Florida State finished fourth nationally – or finished fourth in the country in pass defense. And he said, we finished in the country. He wouldn't say they finished 131, but he's like, we finished in the country. That was a funny quote by Sam Pittman. But – can't happen this year. Can't happen this year. So, 
maybe they learned some stuff from from how they handled things last year. You know, Pittman says he wants to go for it more, obviously, in certain in in you know fourth down situations. But I would just say when you're in scoring territory and you know, just kick the field goal. I, I may be against coaches in this new wave of, of analytics and stuff like that, but there are just so many times where I've watched teams drive the length of the field. I remember Ole Miss a couple of years ago driving the length of the field against Alabama. Great drive. And then they decide to go for it, you know, in, in low red zone, and they don't get it and they come away with nothing. And the whole, the whole game turns around because of that. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I agree there's some analytic stuff you got to pay attention to. But six Razorbacks earned preseason coaches All-SEC honors. That's a lot. That's a lot. Raheem Sanders, Dwight McLaughlin, first-team All-SEC, K.J. Jefferson, Brady Latham, Bo Limmer, second-team All-SEC, and then Cam Little placed on the third team. Just one defensive guy in McLaughlin. One special-teams guy in Cam Little. This dude called in or gave live fan feedback when I was on drive time yesterday and was like, all you media boys saying Cam Little's good from 60 yards out, LOL. I was just like, well, we didn't say that. So that's what Sam Pittman said. Get your facts straight. A lot of people talking noise. Arkansas fans talking trash about themselves. I get it. I mean, you've been hurt before. That's why I'm cautious about it. You know, people will come back next year and say, you said, you know, this team was going to be great. I think they could be. I'll own up to some stuff. I mean, like, if you want to come back next year and say that's what you said last year and, you know, they tank, I'll own up to it because I think they got a good team. Now, again, be clear, this team should win eight games. Okay? They should win eight. They should go four and four and win eight. And a lot of people talk about, can is this the year they can beat LSU? In Baton Rouge, this is the year that they go to Tuscaloosa and finally beat Alabama after 16 tries. I don't know if it's that team or not. That's a tough – that's a tall order. But what we should also be talking about right now, what if they don't show up for a game? Because that cuts both ways. There's 133 teams this year in Division I. Arkansas is playing one that's not, I guess, in Western Carolina. But all these teams are going through fall camp. A lot of them have, you know, FIU, Kent State, Western Carolina. They've got Arkansas circled. BYU, they've got Arkansas circled. This is an opportunity to make a name for themselves, all the work that they put in. You know, they're not coming to play Arkansas to lose. They're coming up to shock the world. And last year, Arkansas lost to Liberty just because they didn't have K.J. Jefferson. That was the reason. Now, they're in a lot better shape at quarterback, but they lost to Liberty. 
had they lost to Missouri State, which could have happened, it's the fourth quarter, like nine, eight, nine minutes left, and Missouri State's beating Arkansas right before that uh, punt return by Bryce Stevens. That would have been the worst loss in Arkansas program history. And there's a lot of examples that we can point to over the years. Obviously, the Citadel probably goes up there because they were, you know, a lower a division lower than Arkansas. But, um, you know, Louisiana, Monroe, Toledo, Colorado State, who else? Liberty, obviously, San Jose State. I mean, there's, there's a lot of examples out there to point to, but you can't just sleepwalk through through games. But, you know, while we're talking about can Arkansas jump up and get somebody that nobody's thinking they can get, what about somebody else doing that to Arkansas? Do they win when they're not supposed to win, and do they lose when they're not supposed to win? To, win? to me, if they lose when they're not supposed to lose, that's how they get below eight wins next year. Reese's Senior Bowl watch list, Andrew Armstrong, Hudson Clark, Takias Crawford, Takias Crawford, Eric Gregory, Trajan Jeffcoat, Trajan Jeffcoat, K.J. Jefferson, Lorando Snacks Johnson, Brady Latham, Bo Lemmer, Dwight McLaughlin, John Morgan. John Morgan, we talked to him yesterday, good guy, very personable. Had a good talk with Jaheim Singletary, John Morgan, Patrick Kudis yesterday. First time we've talked to any of those guys. We didn't ever talk to John Morgan this spring. John Morgan wants to be in the media. Isaac Tesla, and Alphaheem Walcott. We can call him Al Walcott. His mom wants us to call him Alphaheem by the full name. A-L-F-A-H-A. Let me start over. A-L-F-A-H-I-Y-M. I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's a family name or if it means something or, or something like that, but mom. If you wanted us to call him by his full name, don't make it so difficult on us. <laughs> it's a tough one. So, last I've seen Arkansas is six and a half. I love them. I love the over. The Bet Saracen app has them at six and a half. You can also bet seven and a half for a chance to win more money. Arkansas is a 34 and a half point favorite over Western Carolina. That's five touchdowns on the Bet Saracen app. Can Arkansas beat those guys by five touchdowns? That's a lot of touchdowns. There's a lot of things that have to go right. You'd like to think that they'd come out and wallop them, come out in the third quarter with the, with the starters. You know, kind of ideally you put a bunch of points on them and then you reset at halftime say, hey, this is how we're going to prepare to come out at halftime. You're going to bring your starters out, you're going to prepare them at halftime, and you're going to let them run a couple of series and hope you score a couple of touchdowns. And then hopefully from there it's a Jacoby Criswell show and the backups. That's what you you would hope out of that game. So if that happens, do you give up a trash touchdown here and there, something like that, you know? 34.5 points is not a bad betting line for that game, in my opinion. Uh, Another game that I like coming up on Thursday is Vanderbilt, I believe, is 17.5-point favorites over Hawaii, a team they beat like 63-10 in Honolulu last year. That's a week zero game. Some people hate that term, but I don't know what you call the week. I don't think you call it week one if it's not week one for everybody, in my opinion. So, week zero, limbo week, that's my own term. I got to get to Danny. I told him I'd get to him pretty quick. But, anyway, should jump into Western Carolina prep here today, I would expect, as a rehearsal kind of situation. Anything else I wanted to cover? Uh, not a lot of freshmen expected to play, I wouldn't think. You know, um, you could see some guys on special thing. I think you'll see, 
you know, like Brad Spence, some of those linebackers, um, Dylan has at safety. You could see those guys contributing on special teams. But I think you see as far as like major impact guys, Luke has, Jalen Braxton. I'm not sure that I would say at least right now things can change throughout the season. You have injuries and stuff like that, which you're going to have. I could see maybe somebody else stepping up, maybe an Ian Giffard. Uh, but Luke has Jalen Braxton. Luke has potentially to start. Jalen Braxton definitely in the two deep. I think offensive line is going to be better than they were last year. I don't know how how much better, but I think they will be better. I just think the ceiling is higher for these guys. You know, you got Latham and Limmer back, but the ceiling I feel like for Patrick Kudis and, you know, Josh Braun, you know, Devon Manuel, of course, I think maybe a little bit higher. I spoke about secondary depth a little bit. Spoke about linebackers a little bit. Showing up every weekend. Don't forget about the the times you didn't show up and what happened. Be mindful. All right, let's get to Danny. We'll talk about Wyatt Simmons a little bit. Nice commitment out of Searcy. Harding Academy. Where you at, Danny? There you go. All right, for those of you who don't follow Danny, we hadn't talked to him in just a little bit. I mean, August is not the same month for recruiting that it used to be. So, kind of give Danny some time to to gather himself, get things. I mean, you got to have some rest sometime. And in recruiting, it just never happens. So, August is like the month for him. So, we just kind of left Danny alone. Danny, how you doing, man? Danny. Trey, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, brother? Doing great, man. What's going on? Oh, not much. I mean, I was just kind of telling everybody how recruiting never stops, but if it does stop a little bit, August has kind of been the month, so we just kind of left you alone a little bit, hadn't had you on the show. I know you've had yeah. a lot going on um, with life and all that kind of stuff, but uh, there was a commitment in this month. Wyatt Simmons uh, jumped on board. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and anything else going on in recruiting. Yeah, well, with Wyatt, I felt like it was a really important pickup for a lot of reasons. You know, we all know the story by now, how he, you know, just seemingly came out of nowhere as a recruit this past uh, spring. You know, he put out that junior film, and I think back on it now, I remember he announced an offer from uh, SMU, I want to say it was first, and you're kind of like, oh, good for him, you know, another in-state guy getting offers, that's good. And then I think it was two hours later, it's Auburn. Then the next day, Oklahoma, Florida State. And, man, it got away from me. I I was trying to catch up with the kid and get an interview, you know. It just seemed like a lot was happening mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time, and Arkansas hadn't offered yet. So, of course, they did. And uh, eventually, I think he took three official visits in June, Clemson and uh, Auburn to start off. And then Arkansas got him on campus later in the month. And ever since that visit, man, it felt like Arkansas was in a really, really good spot. Matter of fact, I want to say it was three weeks ago, Trey, I was on your show here, and we had been talking about Wyatt. And uh, as soon as I hung up with you, somebody let me know very quickly things are looking really really good for Arkansas so over the last few weeks it sounded promising and uh, kind of felt like he was one that would get it done before the season started and sure enough that's what happened so they needed him you know mm-hmm. you think about some of the misses 
at uh, at linebacker. I give them a lot of credit for being in those battles. Some of those are really tough to be in, but uh, you know they came up short on a few guys, and you start to wonder how that linebacker class is going to shake out with Brian Huff leaving the state, and lo and behold, they were able to get Justin Logan to get on campus, mm-hmm. commit on the spot, and now you've got Wyatt Simmons staying at home. So, hey, I, I think you'll take that if you're an Arkansas fan. Uh, that's a pretty good duo there. Yeah. Danny, I don't know if we really talked about Justin Logan. He committed back on August 2nd. I don't think we've had you on the show since then. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Justin, he's from Marietta, Georgia, a place that produces a lot of Division One talent, Kell High School, number 448 overall prospect in the country. Uh, he is a shade under four-star status, so, you know, pretty nice pickup for Arkansas also. So, a couple, a couple of good-looking linebackers. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, on Justin, man, I thought it was um, – I think it's impressive. You know, this is a guy that took so many visits as a recruit over the last, you know, two years. Visited a lot of schools, had offers from a lot of those schools, made multiple trips to see a few of them. And he gets to Arkansas and commits on the spot. Ain't that a compliment to yeah. your program? You know, when you think about it like that, um, that's not easy. You know, especially in the middle of July, first time seeing it. It's a one-day event, and uh, and they wrapped it up. So, you know, just kind of the game within the game. I was really impressed by how they did that. But um, you know, you watch the film, six three, two ten. I think he told me the other day's uh, two fifteen now. So. Um, moving on up there, but he's a guy that I think when you see him this time next year, Trey, when you're out there every day at practice, he's probably going to be 230, no mm-hmm. problem. You know, he's going to put that on really, really quickly, I'd say. The frame is the frame is there, and, uh, you know, another high-quality kid off the field, both of those kids, you know, for as, as little as I know about Wyatt, because he is such a quiet kid, didn't mm-hmm. you know? Uh, didn't take time for a whole lot of interviews, which is fine. Um, everything I've heard about him and Justin both off the field, they're just incredible. They are what uh, you know, kind of what you read about and hear about. So um, that that's always good, you well, know, to hear too. Why it's a three star, eighty seven overall. He's a four star talent. It's just that. He hasn't been evaluated in person. It may take all the way up to all-star games and such uh, for you know him to get bumped up to four-star. Like you know they go through a week of practice and all that stuff, and you know sure. we have guys on hand for that. But it may be one of those deals where he's a three-star and then suddenly he's a four-star because I, I think he has that talent. Don't you, Danny? I do. I think uh, both of the linebackers, and I, you know, if there's one more I could throw in there as part of this class, committed class. Jaden Ball, you know, yeah. I keep talking about him, but you know how I feel about him, Trey. I, mm. Man, I hope they give him another look because, man, if that ain't a four-star, <laughs> you know. Mm. Uh, so he's up there for me, too, as a guy who could potentially uh, you know, move up. Arkansas currently ranked number 20 nationally in recruiting. They have 18 commits. Sam Pittman has indicated he wants to get to about 25. I don't know if that's the number for this year. I, I still kind of think 2010. 20, 20 recruits, 10 transfers is the formula for Arkansas, for for a stable Arkansas program anyway, which last year I don't know if I would say they were stable. They needed a lot of change. Dude, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, just based on the last few years, the sample size we've got, I just think it makes more sense. You know, mm-hmm. um, Some of the guys at the back end, no disrespect to them, but from a ranking standpoint, there's there's been a three to – maybe even five guys 
in a class at times that as soon as you get them on campus, we all know it's going to be really, really tough for them to ever yeah. see the field, you know? Yeah. And what it, you're not seeing that a lot in this year's class. They're not, they're not taking the two, three extra in-state kids just hoping and praying that it might work out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, you can – I think you can get yourself in a bind like that if you take too many of them. And so I'm, I'm kind of happy to see them get away from that a little bit this year. And as an end result, you know, you're going to have a few extra spots. Why not save those and go get a more developed guy? You know, if you can't get equal to uh, what you're seeing at Auburn right now, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia every year, if you can't get equal to that coming out of high school, Try to close that gap with a you know a three four year veteran mm-hmm. if he wants to come play SEC football. It just makes a lot of sense to me. So I always agree with you. Uh, you know, every time I hear you say that, twenty ten. Yeah. Well, Danny, yeah. I'm looking. I'm, I mean, as you're talking, I'm going back and looking at some past recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. You know, in the teens, uh, where Arkansas signed, you know, twenty four to twenty seven. Uh, twenty four to twenty five guys or so, and I'm just looking at the bottom of the class, and it's just like, I mean. You know, guys that they're yeah. taking flyers on that just didn't pan out. Well, I mean, almost to a man on, when you're talking about the final, the five, you know, final five high lowest rank, the, the five lowest ranked guys, basically. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, I mean, this it's kind of eye opening to me. And so if there's not 25 guys out there that you feel like can really help you in the program, why would you bring in five when you can bring in some transfers and fill in that That's way? Right. You know? So. Well, so Danny, Thanks what's uh, what else is going on? Anybody on the radar for them, or anybody that yeah. we should watch out for? And it's been really, really quiet, as you know. Uh, just not a whole lot going on. I've been mm. trying to track new offers, and uh, there's not even a whole lot of that going yeah. on. Having hey, Danny, there. and on top of that, you got a soft opening for for week one. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I say, it's a soft opening. It's in Little Rock, so you can't you can have recruits there, but you can't interact with them at all. Yeah, so about a week delayed on that front, too. So, yeah, it's been quiet. Having said that, Trey, I do think, you know, it's a time of year where you might get a surprise or two, you know, uh, kind of unexpected here and there. And if and when that happens, I think it would be a good one. But uh, my head's on a swivel uh, this week, matter of fact. So you never know, but it is that time of year where, where maybe you can pop some good news here and here and there before the season. Yeah, I think I just coined that, by the way, is in relation to uh, being able to have recruits or not soft opening. That's uh, that's it's mine. not bad. Yeah, I kind of like that. Not to be used without express written permission. Hogsports.com LLC. <laughs> All right, Danny. Anything else you wanna you wanna touch on? No, that's that's pretty much it, man. The next couple of weeks will be uh, stockpiling names for yep. that the real opener in Fayetteville on the ninth there. So be yep. looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing from some guys and, and seeing whether where they're headed over the first couple of weeks there. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, brother. You got it, man. All See right, you. everybody. That's Danny West again. You can follow him at Danny West twenty four seven on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports recruiting analyst. And it's been it's been a nice month to be Danny West, I think, you know. He's definitely had some other things that he's you get a list, you know, your honey-do list and all those kind of things build up throughout the season. So for me it's like, you know, kind of like June, June is the month to uh to take care of those kinds of things for me. For Danny, it's definitely become August. It used to be different, but the calendar's changed so much over the years. All right, is there anything else that we want to get to before we dive into a few questions of yours? I think we're good. I feel like we're good. Let's see what we got here. We've gone uh, 
33 minutes or so. So we'll try to get it out to about 40. What's the biggest surprise so far this season? Let's see. Biggest surprise. Hmm. Surprise. I don't know. I don't know that I'm ter- – like maybe just overall how they look, I guess. I, I know that's not an individual thing. That's like such a coach answer. Like who's standing out for you? Everybody's standing out. Um, biggest surprise for them, you know, Brad Spence has looked pretty good <laughs> for a freshman linebacker. You know, the fact that Ian Ford wasn't, you know, just kind of – I use this word, but, you know, kind of dumpy looking for a guy that's 400 pounds. He looks, you know, athletic, you know, has ankles and stuff. Um, I could see him actually helping them uh, at some point. Biggest surprise. I don't know if I would say I'm just like dramatically surprised other than I hate to say overall, but I just I feel like they got a really good squad overall, top to bottom. I feel like they feel real good about it. So, it's difficult to say. Just one surprise. Tyler Killingsworth says 11-1, and one, we lose to Bama. I'd take that, obviously. Everybody would. If Arkansas – the thing that people have to remember, like when we're talking about like Arkansas looks good or Arkansas is this or that, that doesn't necessarily mean like competing for the college football playoffs, okay? And I know everybody has high expectations for Arkansas and also know that Chad Morris era should not be the thing that we compare everything against to decide if they're doing well or – that we should be thankful that Arkansas won seven games or something like that because this is what it just was. I don't think that should be the comparison. So, if Arkansas went, you know, has like a 10-win season, you're talking about like one of probably one of the 10 best teams that the program has ever fielded. Okay, keep that in perspective. 11 wins, you know, they – how many times they won 11 games as a program? Two? Is that right? Two times? Keep that in perspective, you know. It's a tough conference. It's why this college football playoff expanding to 12 teams is going to be a good thing for Arkansas. There's going to be a year somewhere in there. You know, maybe it's under Pittman. I don't know. It would be nice, I think, this year because I feel like I'm not saying predicting that they're going to be like that kind of team, but I feel like they have a shot this year to be that kind of team. I feel like they will have opportunities to be there. Now, will they make the most out of all of them? Probably not. But in those kind of years where you have those opportunities where you're close and you have a couple things go your way, you know, you could slip into that 12-team playoff if you're in Arkansas. Four-team playoff, a little more difficult, a lot more difficult. Let's be honest, a lot more difficult. Let's see. Kingsley, tough last name, Kingsley. I finally made the, the live. Hey, these sh- these uh, comments are disappearing. Why are they disappearing? That's not happened before. Comment mode default. Let's see if I can change that. Nope. Can't. MP Rich says 10 and 2. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, baby. Go for it. Dalton added says, I watched Hogs Plus fall camp <clears throat> defensive special last night, and I must say this, they were talking poop Paul, and you could see twinkle in his eye when asked about how the defense was coming along, something we didn't see last year. I like poo. 
I, I like the linebackers overall. I just, you know, don't fully know, like, I mean, you think about Arkansas linebackers of recent years. Obviously, they had Drew Sanders, who was a stud. That Drew Sanders isn't on this team. Drew Sanders isn't walking through that door. You know, Bumper Pool has always kind of been a staple. He had definitely a lot of injuries last year. But think about, like, before that, and you had, like, Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry. Those guys weren't, you know, especially, like, Hayden and Grant, they weren't, like, world talents. You like, you know, they're not getting drafted in the NFL. You know, they, they battled through injuries. But those guys were – warriors for Arkansas and yeah it's great to have the Drew Sanders's but man it's it's real nice to have a Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry also you know what I mean like guys that will just put their body on the line smart football players um you know is Poo Paul that is Poo Paul some you know a marriage of that is he somewhere between Grant Morgan and Drew Sanders talent wise you know maybe I, th- I feel like he's got that that energy, that leadership quality. I'm interested to see if there's a potential for Drew San- or excuse me for um, for Poo Paul to be a team captain. Now, I think I'm pretty sure they have voted on team captains. If they haven't, it's going to be like Friday. But maybe we talk to Sam Pittman Friday, I think, and maybe we'll find out team captains then. Kingsley says. Looking forward to seeing some freaky lineups to get playmakers on the field. Maybe Dom at fullback or tight end, Rocket and mention outside, et cetera, getting going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know that, like fullback, but you're going to see, you know, some pistol and you'll see, you know, two backs lined up on either side of KJ Jefferson. I've definitely seen them do that. Daniel Winborn says, Do you think in state players from Arkansas get underrated? Not really. I feel like every other SEC school has the opportunity to get in-state five stars except Arkansas smaller state even Missouri after a bad year has one and a potential second five star it's a population thing there's three million people in Arkansas um, and per capita just doesn't produce the same level of talent as a similar size state like Mississippi it's just you know demographics part of that it's just uh, no I don't feel like Arkansas talents are getting underrated I feel like 24-7 24-7 sports does a great job. I think the only reason why Simmons isn't a four-star is because he hasn't been, like, out there in camps. He's just kind of, you know, kind of like Traylon Burks was. Traylon Burks was known, obviously, very early in his career. He's from Warren, a place that produces a lot of talent. So, um, you know, Simmons comes from Searcy, Harding Academy, and uh, just didn't get out there on the camp circuit and stuff like that. You know, coaches were coming to see him. I think that he's a four-star talent. But as far as generally with Arkansas players, no, I don't – I don't feel like there's a dramatic um, underranking of Arkansas players. I think, you know, last year, Shamar Brace uh, – Shamar Brace, that's, that's going way – man, I'm 45 years old, so I'm just going way back. Shamar Bracey, Shamar Easter, uh, I feel like was fairly rated. I mean, he was – you know, um, one service had him, top-ranked player in Arkansas, uh, one of the top tight end prospects in the country. You know, he's probably not going to play this year just because – uh, physically, he needs to, you know, get some strength and stuff, get a little bit bigger. But, he's man, he's got a lot of talent. But also think, you know, a guy like Shamar Easter, if he's physically developed and everything, then maybe he's a five-star. You know, Quincy Rhodes, I feel like, was fairly ranked four-star. Good-looking kid. You know, so, no, I don't feel like they're just whiffing uh, or under-ranking Arkansas players. I just think it's a it's a population deal. Some day, some years you have great class inside the state for the, for the size of the state, and some years – you know, it's it's a really poor class.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I mean, Missouri has, you know, St. Louis and Kansas City. You know, they've got some bigger population bases. Tan Danner says, you said before last season that Arkansas fans only like Rocket because he has a flashy name. I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I know that. I know, Tan, that's not what I said. If you can go find a clip of me saying that, then um, I'd love to see it. But uh, what I do remember kind of saying was when we're talking about Dominic Johnson and Rocket Sanders uh, that that Rocket had the flashier name. I do remember, you know, indicating that. But I say that kind of stuff like also like, you know, with Bumper Pool, for example. I always said that if Bumper Pool ever made 100 tackles at Arkansas, he would be all SEC because people would say the name, they like the name, you know, that kind of stuff. But, no, not – I would never say that, and there's no way in hell that I said that, Tan. No way in hell. Guillermo, not the way you said it anyway, like to indicate that like he would be bad otherwise. Guillermo Azuna, love the show. Glad I could follow live. Appreciate you joining live. Isaac Riley says, I'm at work, so stopping in real quick. I appreciate the work you do and your team put in for the Razorbacks trade. Appreciate that. My birthday is just a couple days before our first season game on the second. Happy birthday, Isaac. Jonathan Parker says, did not realize how big Jeff Coat was. Yeah, Jeff Coat's big dude. He's listed at 6'4", but I would say he's he looks 6'5 to me, you know. Uh, I would say, like, also Ian Drafford. Like, so I'm watching the defensive line the other day, and, like, all these guys are listed at 6'5". Cam Ball, 6'5". Ian Drafford, 6'5". Marcus Miller, 6'5". Um, so on and so forth. If Cam Ball's 6'5", then – and keep your O's listed 6'5". I'll say, so if Cam Ball is 6'5", then Ian Drafard 6'6". The way I was looking at it, was like, okay, Cam Ball probably closer to 6'4". Um, Marcus Miller probably 6'4". Uh, keep your O's probably 6'3". You know, like 6'3 and a half. Torian Carter and uh, keep your O's probably 6'2". If Ian Drafard is 6'5", which I think he's more like 6'6" in my opinion. It gets a little – like I always say, you know, like I'm – so I'm like six – a little over six foot, six foot and a quarter, something like that and at 45 years old. Uh, so I always, you know, gauge people about, you know, people say they're six foot. And I'm like, really? You're six foot. Okay. Because that's always kind of the standard. Like anybody's like close to 5'10", 5'11", I'm six foot. You know, that's kind of how things go, especially in sports. But when you get up, you know, start getting to six five or so, it gets a little more difficult for me to tell exactly how how tall somebody is. But Jafar's such a big. I mean, he's the biggest 
human I think I've ever seen. You know, him and De- Devon Manuel are up there, but man, Jafar at six five to be almost four hundred pounds. Clint Stacy Patterson says, "Ready for the walk and talk? Let's get ready. The season started ready. You know, almost like I don't dread the walk and talk at all. I, I love doing it, and you know, I love." how it works for me just the information just kind of and opinions just kind of flow out of me I always felt like that when you're walking that just you know stuff just you just talk and it just comes out uh, I was watching some of the older you know original walk and talks I did and like where I just like called it a walk and talk casually it wasn't like something I planned I was just called it a walk and talk in the middle of doing it and that's how it became the walk and talk but I also always get like what am I going to say you know like before it happens there's always a bit of like people have high expectations for this (laughs) what am I going to say you know and then I just start doing it and it just happens it's kind of weird so I guess this is your let's say 19 20 20 you're five I've been doing it that long I mean back in like 18 and 17 and stuff I was doing similar stuff I didn't call it the walk and talk but I was doing like week in the life walking around I would do stand-ups and end up just like kind of holding the the tripod and like talking into it a little bit and it eventually just kind of evolved into the walk and talk but yeah I guess this is year five of that am I always going to do it I guess I don't know I'll say this you know like my job has has changed over the years you know like I'm the publisher of hog sports our team has grown it used to be there was a time like you know 20 years ago when I was doing this I was basically living out of my truck you know, working at computer labs and it was just me. And then, you know, we expanded to two and then we went from two to three and then three to four. And, um, you know, now we're about to have five. We're, we're about to bring on somebody else. And, you know, so my job has just changed to where like, it's not so much that I, you know, need to go travel to all these destinations, road destinations and things like that. I need to be able to, to delegate and wear the publisher hat a little bit more. So, you know, maybe, I don't know, home games, maybe a, a couple few road games. I don't think that I will travel to every single road game, you know, this year. And I haven't been doing that lately. It's just the job has changed for me. And I know everybody expects me to, you know, walk out of the swamp doing a walk and talk. And I just don't I don't know if that's what's going to happen this year. It's just, you know, so much travel time and all the other responsibilities, things start to just kind of pile up on me uh, because I have so many other things on my plate. So I don't know. We'll see. But – I do enjoy doing the walk and talk. I definitely do it from every, for every home game. And sometimes I just kind of do it, you know, walking near the neighborhood kind of deal. So, you know, year one in 2019, if like if I missed a road game, if I didn't travel to a road game, I just did the studio show. But I quit doing that because everybody wanted the walk and talk. All right. I'm going to get close to wrapping it up here. I'm starting to feel it in the voice a little bit. I have more radio shows today as well. Since we're talking some recruiting, we're still recruiting Jaquan McCoury. Yeah, I think I don't think they're going to quit until he puts pen to paper. Jonathan Parker says, and you know, even then, you never know what might happen later. Uh, Jonathan Parker says, are we going to be able to have a good rotation on defense, keep everyone free? I think so. I think defensive line, I think linebacker, you know, linebacker, I don't know if it's going to be like, I just don't know how good they're going to be. I think they're going to be average at least, but I don't know how good they're going to be. But I think they got enough guys that they'll be able to rotate there. Cornerback, they should be able to do some of that. Um, And safety, we'll see. You know, I think it depends on Jaden Johnson, Malik Chavis. You know, 
as I talked about earlier, you're going to have injuries too, you know, I mean, and that's going to, that's going to limit you week to week. Trey, how confident are you in, their, in our receivers? Can they get separation? I am very confident in Arkansas's receivers. Look at me right here. Keep this receipt. Arkansas has very talented wide receivers. Andrew Armstrong, I was thinking about it today, yesterday and the day before. Like, who's going to lead them in catches? Could be Tess Law. Could be, could be Satania. Because Satania, did I just say it both ways? Some people are saying Satanga. Some people are saying Satania. I've been saying Satania. So, is, is it going to be one of those guys? Um, Andrew Armstrong, I kind of feel like is going to lead them in yardage. I think he'll be the yardage, maybe touchdown leader also. Where's Tyler and Bowden fitting there? So that's kind of where I am. But look, look at me. They got some, they got some skill guys. They got some running backs. They got some receivers. They got some tight ends that can catch the ball. I'm not thrilled with what I've seen out of blocking from tight ends just yet. You know, it's not a big, massive group. But man, Luke, you talk about Luke Has catching the ball, gums. Landon Montgomery says Pitt is subtle, but I've learned how to read him. He's excited about this team. There's no question that Pittman feels like he's got a squad. I feel like this is his best squad. I feel like it's his best squad personnel-wise. Now, some things come down to coaching decisions, how those close games play out, and so that's where you got to have the coaches. But personnel, they've got the pieces. K.J. Jefferson, you got a you know, stud at quarterback, and you've got a supporting cast around him, and that's – what counts you don't have just like these glaring weaknesses like you have a lot of times on Arkansas teams Landon McGarrett said what position could this forward not see a forward see a starter go down like safety I think that would be that would hurt him just based on what I see now I mean you don't want to lose Lord KJ I mean I assume that's obvious Rocket Garrett Isbell says, Trey, how strong will our offensive line be? The one spot offensive line worries me. Yeah, I mean, there's concern for offensive line just because it's so new, you know. I mean, like, I, th I think they're going to be okay. I don't think it's as good – the, off the offensive line is not as good as the defensive line. The offensive line is not as good as the defensive line. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. I just don't – I don't know because there is so much newness. I really like the potential of Devon Manuel. 6'9", 3'10", athletic. I, I think he has got so much potential. You know, Kudis being so young worries me. Kudis, I mean, what, 11 days ago turned 19. They're freshmen on this team older than Patrick Kudis. He can still squat over 600 pounds. But, yeah, there's some concern for me on the offensive line. I think there's optimism also. But you just don't know. Uh, getting spammed now in the comments. Uh, Ryan Womack asked if Quincy McAdoo is going to start. Quincy McAdoo is out for the year. Car accident. Do they have better coaches this year? I think so on defense. I know they have. I know they're better in the secondary. And, I, you know, I like Barry Odom, but – Man, Marcus Woodson, guys, like future head coach, future head coach. Um, I, I was not a big fan of the cornerback coach last year. Uh, so, I, I mean, I like Darren Wood, Wilson, but I also 
think a lot of people could have come in and be better. Um, I like Travis Williams. I like Michael Scherer. I, I, I do think I like the defensive staff better this year. I do. I think that just from what I see, the way they interact with players, the way the players respond to them, um, I think they're better. Um, I think Morgan Turner has a great resume developing tight ends. Is he better than Dow Loggins? I don't, I, I don't know. Is he a better recruiter than Dow Loggins? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that yet. Dow's a pretty solid recruiter. And then Dan Enos, I think Dan just brings different things to the table than Kendall Browse did. I thought Kendall Browse, you know, people complain about Kendall, but the problem with the offense last year is they couldn't get it done in short yardage. They did something stupid putting Trey Knox at quarterback one time when they already got a 240-pound quarterback at the goal line. Um, you know, he'd get a little cute sometimes, a little razzle-dazzle sometimes. Uh, but overall, they averaged 471 yards a game of offense, which is pretty damn solid. Um, I think where Dan Enos brings a different dimension is his ability to really coach quarterbacks on just the intricacies of playing the position. I mean, there were seven guys playing in the NFL last year that he coached at quarterback. So is he a good play caller as as Kendall Browse was? I don't know. We'll see. Is he a better quarterback coach, position coach? I think so. I think so. Do shots every time Chad Morris gets mentioned. Let's let's agree just not to mention him. <laughs> I don't do shots. I fake shots. Anytime somebody like buys me a shot, I'm like like airplane style. Or Coyote Ugly, like take the shot and then like have the empty beer. And I'm not allowed to do them. That's my rule. <laughs> That's my rule from personal experience. All right. Should we expect some shutouts? Let's just let's calm down. <laughs> let's calm down, Brooks. <laughs> let's just, just hope for improvement. Would you rather go ten and three with a bowl victory or loss? I'll take ten and three with a bowl loss in this in this climate, where bowl games don't mean as much as they used to. Like yeah, ten and two and S and playing an SEC slate, hell yeah, take that every day. Plus, it means you go ten and two, you're going to probably New Year's six, and you're going to lose a New Year's six bowl. That would suck, but I take ten two regular season, no question about it. Aaron Wayne Moyer says, Trey, love the show. Keep it up. Appreciate you. Liking what you hear about Criswell. I like what I see about Criswell. You know, I think, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody watching the show and everything. I, I do think where I bring things a little bit differently than most people, um, you know, I'm the guy sitting in the front row of the press conference firing off questions to the coach and, and the athletes. I'm the guy that's at every practice, you know, watching every bit of practice that they let us have. Um, I'm, uh, there's a lot of people out there and nothing against anybody and the job that anybody else does, but there's a lot of people out there just basically reading what I do, reading what I write, reading what my guys write, reading what other media people write who are there and then coming on doing a podcast or a radio show or something and talking about that and nothing against those guys. There's a lot of talented people who do that, you know, um, and a lot of people have insight also, but you know, I'm doing this show from firsthand experience. I'm talking about my firsthand experiences and I just think that's a little bit different than most people do Angel Morgan says humble beginnings nothing yeah I mean <laughs> that's how it started out it wasn't my choice but I had to start somewhere 
Okay. I should do a pregame walk and talk. I thought about doing like a Twitter live or something like just putting my earbuds in and just walking and talking to, you know, people on Twitter or something like that. I don't know. Maybe something I'll try out. Let me know in the comments you think that would be fun. All right. Just scrolling to see if anything that just really jumps out. Uh, I doubt if Arkansas football will ever go very far with Sam Pittman. I hope I'm wrong, but I guess we'll find out together. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely fine to have that opinion. Um, I do think that they've got a solid squad. Again, it's just like, what is everybody else? What do they have cooking? Uh, now, I'll say this. If you go back, Brett Bielema never won nine games. Chad Morse damn sure didn't. I mean, in the last three coaches at least, Pittman's the best one that they've had. You know, I mean, if you consider that. So what is far with Arkansas? What's going far? Making to a New Year's Six type of bowl? Can Arkansas upset LSU? They can. They can upset LSU. I don't know that I'm picking them to go on the road to Baton Rouge and beat LSU. I've seen them do it before, though. And I, th I think this team can hang with anybody on the schedule, mainly because of the depth that they have. Will they? Remains to be seen. What about special teams? Great question. What about special teams, the punting situation? I think they've got a kicker in Cam Little. Obviously, we know that. Um, there have been some instances on special teams that have been a little annoying here and there last year, I would say especially. I get frustrated when they bring the ball out um, on kickoffs when really every time but like two times out of all the times they did it, they shouldn't have done it. Punting has got to be better. There were too many times where you can go, point, you can go back to all those four close losses Every single one of them, you can go back and you can find a pretty significant punting error, like a 20-yard shank or something, you know, where you needed a, a pooch kick and just booms it out of the back of the end zone, you know, stuff like that. They've got to be better at punting. They, can, they have a guy with a big leg, Max Fletcher, but woefully inconsistent last year. All right, everybody. Feel good about today's show. This is the last one, the last like, midweek type of show where we, you know, kind of been doing one a week. You know, we've even missed some weeks this summer. From here on out, just to let you know the schedule, it'll probably be like two-ish when we do the Monday show because Sam Pittman will have a noon press conference, have some work to do, and then I'll hop on and we'll do the, uh, the show on Monday. We'll call it like, you know, I've called it Hogs Hit – you know, hogs hit West, West, Western Carolina week. That's what I've called in the past. But I think I had to stop doing that because it's like H-O-G-S and then hit. And everybody's like, what? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? So I think I might need to change the title up. I kind of kept it going just because it was funny. But it was always like hogs hit. Hogs hit. See where I'm going there. Western Carolina week. So I'll probably change that up a little bit this year. If you got any suggestions for the Monday show, let me know. And then Thursday is uh, the primer. Thursday primer. We usually have a team expert from an, another side, especially if it's a Power 5 opponent. We usually have a team expert, um, but that's, uh, you know, like Arkansas versus Western Carolina primer. Uh, primer just because, you know, the paint, 
that goes on before the paint, the coating that goes on before the paint. That's why we call it that. All right, everybody. Appreciate Danny West for joining me. And uh, thank you for all your questions. Last midweek type of show from here on out, Monday, Thursday, walk and talk on Saturday. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Catch you next time. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.